Do you want to talk about how you're feeling right now? Oh, so many questions. What does this mean? What do I do? <laughs> Go on! Tell them what you think! I liked it. I think your calculations may have been off. I think it's all right. I just have a lot of feelings. This pleases me. These are perfectly normal feelings. Do you even know what you sound like when you talk like that? Now, shall we begin? Now you listen here, Jack and Drew. This podcast has potential and the experience to survive. If you want to stay here with low-quality audio and movies like Limitless, that's fine. <laughs> but I'm not staying here a second longer. This, but the podcast gods have given us the moment, this moment, to decide what we want to do. And I, for one, am not going to let this Riker's beard stand as a five o'clock shadow. We're going to grow! Now help me up with these microphones and remind these listeners that we're the Real Feels Podcast. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, What's up, everybody? This is Nathan, Captain Nathan. And this is Jack Rogo, you <laughs> son of a bitch! <laughs> I'm... Purser Drew. <laughs> Purser Drew. <laughs> We're this way, with the purser. This way to the golly. <laughs> and this uh, this episode is for 1972's. Taking it way back. Ooh, way, way, way back. Uh, the Poseidon Adventure. So that's the cat this ship is named after, huh? That's right, the great god Poseidon. Mythology, the god of the seas, and also god of storms, and other miscellaneous natural disasters. Subsea earthquake, 7.8 on the Richter scale. Oh my god. Hard left! Hard left, sir! Mayday! 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 This is SS Poseidon calling! Jesus Christ, what happened? We've turned over. That's the way out. That's our only chance. I'm asking you to be strong. Come with us. There's something different up there than there is from down here? Yes. Life. Life is up there. Life always matters very much. Doesn't it? me in! I started to believe in your promises! That we had a chance! What chance? I told you I was gonna get everybody out of here and damn it, I'm gonna do it! What more do you want of us? We didn't ask you to fight for us! But damn it, don't fight against us! How many more sacrifices? How much more blood? How many more lives? You want another life? 
matters very much. With Gene Hackman and Red Buttons, Shelly Winters, some Leslie Nielsen in a non-comedic role. <laughs> Weren't you waiting for him to crack a joke? I was. And don't I call was. me sure. something, something, but no. Yeah. Ernest Borgnine. Yeah, there's a lot of this Ernest is, Borgnine is 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 the interplay between him and uh, Gene, Gene Hackman. Hackman amazing. Is just I love it. Wonderful. Wait a minute. Don't you ever say please? It'll get you up that tree, please. Love it. Jack Albertson, or probably better known as Grandpa Joe from oh. Charlie in the Chocolate Factory. Mm. I never thought that I would climb. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> a man who could barely get out of bed <laughs> is now climbing, <laughs> climbing an upside down ship with his wife. He survived Charlie in the Chocolate Factory, and he survived Poseidon Adventure. <laughs> he did. He uh, he was one that made it out. Spoiler alert. So yeah, this was a, a fun. Uh, this is our disaster movie, and the reason why I picked this film was because not because it was just uh, one of the top films of disaster films, which I realized that after the. Uh, <laughs> like it's one of the like top three. Yeah, yeah. And it was, I think it won a few. It was nominated Academy Awards. for I think like eight Academy Awards. I think it My won God. one of them. But this movie, growing up, I remember this mm-hmm. movie very vividly. Some parts less than others, which Jack and I were like, "Oh wait, did you remember this?" Oh mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of moments in this in this film that stuck with me. And so I was like, "Ooh, for disaster, definitely want to do Poseidon Adventure." And um, what did you guys? What did you guys think? What I liked about this movie is it's it's a very small, closed in. I mean, they're trapped on a ship. And a lot of the new modern disaster movies are like Geostorm or, or you know, <laughs> Skyscraper, like, deep, deep Impact or, or you know, San Andreas. These, you know, like the, these world spanning events. 2012. I like, I like the intimacy of. This happening on a ship, and they all have to work together yep. to get off, and there's still conflict, and the sets are amazing. That The scene where it capsizes, yes. like, that was really cool stuff, and I'd rather have that over, like, the Michael Bay, like, oh, here comes, like, 12 volcanoes erupting, trash, <laughs> submachine guns. Mm-hmm. Growing up, I mean, this was a very prominent movie that my brother and I watched and then, you know, kind of just kind of like left it to me to watch. But I mean, it was such a fun movie to go after when I was a kid, especially recognizing certain characters and actors in this movie that were in other ones that I grew up with and absolutely loved. Like Shelley Winters was uh, the Mother Gogan in Pete's Dragon. Jack and I were talking about like Pete's Dragon was something that, you know, we favored as kids. And then you have, like we said, uh, Grandpa Joe, Albert Jackson, and uh, Red Buttons also in Pete's Dragon, which I absolutely adored. And it's just it's a fun, fun movie. It's a beautifully set cast. It's a beautifully set uh, piece of sceneries all over while they are filming. You have, okay, 1972 for... Obviously, no CGI special effects. So by the means of special effects and explosions and, you know, trying to do all the stunts, the actors are doing it themselves. I was very surprised with some of the stunts. I was like, ooh, okay. And there's some some reaction shots or like when uh, Acres is falling and I'm just like, 
uh, you know, we, Some. We, we could tighten it up a little bit, guys. That's But, you know, there's always room for improvement. When the first explosion happens and they've they've gone up the Christmas tree and everyone's like, no, we're going to stay behind. The person's like, no, you got to stay. Help us on the way. <laughs> and then the explosion happens and the ballroom starts flooding. And, and then everybody like, else is like, shit. well, shit. And so uh, the reverend's like, you know, one at a time, one at a time. And, of course, the idiots knock the tree over. And the one guy's like, hold on to me. Hold on to me. And, like, Gene Hackman sort of half-heartedly like just let's go of him and then well, it's not like he's, he's hanging from the balcony or anything he's just kind of like yeah we can discuss the remake if you guys want i don't do remakes nathan you don't do remakes at for, all jack for 99 percent of them i've never seen the johnny depp charlie and the chocolate factory uh, yeah <laughs> and the poseidon adventure damn he's making good points uh, <laughs> I, I don't want to give attention to a movie that has already been done and done well for somebody who didn't have the imagination to make a new movie and just want to slap some shiny new special effects on an old movie and make make a quick buck i'm trying to think of some viewers please think of some remakes that are good like some really really solid remakes and we're not talking about the last samurai well that's remaking pocahontas and dances with Wolf. no 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 we're talking full-on remakes and what what we can fire back at mr jack here because i think he might i think you'll be hard pressed no no joke hard pressed I'm, I've and, thought about like four or five, and I'm like, nope, and nope. That's what, that's what gets me fired up is when people are like, oh, what if they remade Labyrinth? Or what if they remade, you know, a host of other movies? What if they remade Flight of the Navigator? No, they you they already made Flight of the Navigator. Come up with a different idea and make an original movie rather yeah. than just slapping some new special effects on it and right. seeing if you could do it better. Instead of actually having the remake, because if you're remaking it, oh no, sorry, it'd be a reboot. A reboot, reboot. Would, a reboot would be the same concept essentially. So Star Trek, the first one, I thought that was a good reboot. Well, because you weren't going to have any more TNG next generation movies, you weren't going to have any more original series movies. So a reboot of Star Trek, at least the first movie, I thought the first movie was fantastic. The other two movies are kind of shit. I, I, the were, third movie was shit. Wrath of, okay. <laughs> of Khan was not bad. Into Darkness. I think they tried too hard. They tried to make it like too many surprise factors. Yeah. Too much ooh and ah. Well, Into Darkness was Wrath of Khan. Then what am I thinking of? What, no, what, what the, was the third one? The third one was with uh, uh, the gal that was... Yeah. Um, where the, basically, like, he's all and, like, I'm the captain now. White and black. Yeah. Uh, What's uh, it? The Idris Elba. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It, was, it was directed by the Fast and Furious director, um, not John Lee. Oh, we're gonna, well, well, there, we're, go. there we have it. Yeah, it, it was a different take, but again, a reboot, obviously different than you know just redoing, because a reboot is going in a very, like, not a super different direction, but a, right. hey, we're going to not maybe follow exactly, you know, shot for shot of what the original right, was. Right, because you can take the same concept as, like, the Poseidon Adventure or something. Beyond. Uh, Star Trek Beyond. Star Trek Beyond. Beyond. Okay, okay. But I mean, you can take the same concept, the same idea, even like the same storyline and just like twist it slightly. Like, I mean, it's not uh, redoing the idea of like Logan's run. Okay. 
where people have to die at a certain age because then it keeps society simple. But you had that awful movie. I love the concept, but the movie was terrible. Uh, the movie with Justin Timberlake, uh, In Time. In Time? The one where he, they have the clocks I, uh, on their arm. I, I didn't get around to that one, guys. It's it's what? It's mere. It's, it's okay. It's it's primarily actually based off of like two different short stories that allocate money being, you know, equitable to, to time. But it's the same concept where like you're stuck at a certain age. You die if, you know, by a certain age if you don't do this. It's a neat twist. Yeah. But it's not the same idea of like, all right, lather, rinse, repeat, lather, rinse, repeat. Yeah. But for Poseidon Adventure, the the reboot or... It was, no, yeah, it would be a remake. I don't know. Yeah, it's a remake. Re- yeah, it's a remake. Um, There's there's some parts to it that are, I think, decent. There's a lot of filth and garbage in it, but at the same time has its moments. And, and this... Man, I feel like we've got... Is this the Richard Dreyfuss version? Yes. I'm Richard Dreyfuss. <laughs> I was in Jaws when they're in the sh- when they're in the <laughs> <laughs> not the ventilation chef <laughs> the, not the ventilation chef no um, when they're in the uh, <laughs> now they're in two of them. <laughs> this is getting out of hand <laughs> no because, because you had like the one with Richard Dreyfus you had the remake yeah. of the one was that the same one with um, Adam Baldwin yes it's, okay yeah, it's okay, all okay, the so same, that's one. The same this one sounds terrible so <laughs> it has Kurt have, Russell in it and uh, I mean, can and, I not bring this back at all and it's, Steve Gutenberg Steve Gutenberg <laughs> <laughs> hey. It has I, I, I it. brought the only Gutenberg movie, and that was that was brought with from a place of love. But <laughs> but that was like 2006. Steve Gutenberg. I'm American. <laughs> Here did they, did they, it could never work. Did they find where he was frozen in carbonite? <laughs> No, and, and the the guy from Police Kenny who makes all the noises with his mouth was Michael, like, "You've Michael got Little. combination sickness." <laughs> Is it Michael Winslow? Is that yeah, yeah. Michael Winslow? Yeah. But again, the the film has a lot of really good qualities. Uh, the original, which I understand why they made a remake, because it's there's it's a lot slower though. The, the remake's for, a lot slower. No, no, no. The the original when and this is what I think we're gonna really start uh, slicing the pie on is this disaster film compared to other disaster films. It is slow. Are you talking about current disaster films compared to the one from 1972? Uh, I mean, like even uh, Towering Inferno, I felt was like earthquake. You know, yeah. There's, I mean, there's stuff that was kind of like getting and going. I don't think two hours was like too long, though. Oh no, no, I'm not. I'm talking about the f- the flow, the of feel of it, the feel, the thrill. But I think a lot of these other disaster movies they focus too much on the disaster, whereas this disaster movie focuses on the the characters, the, the character and the interplay and the the developing their own chemistry. And you know, it's it's sort of like, well, yeah, you could have like a Dante's and. Inferno, where it's like the whole world's on fire. <laughs> yes, um, or Dante's Peak. Or yeah, ex- oh, yes, like yeah. Okay. Crab. Should we Dante's have- <laughs> Peak? When the grandmother is pushing the boat across ah. the river. That's my favorite part of the movie. Acid water. But I, I, I have not. Shadowing. I have not watched willingly a disaster movie since I think Deep Impact. Wow, uh, not one. They, they do nothing for me. Not even like I don't know Twister. That was that was before. Oh, it was that before? was before. Okay. That was before. Hey, I don't know. And even again, I haven't impact. seen Twister in probably a good twenty years. Yeah. I mean, certain disaster films that are currently out, currently out, coming out Go now or have them. just recently come out. They're, you're right. They're not that good. Like Geostorm. God, I wanted to like throw something at Geostorm. It's a laughable concept. 2012. I only watched it because it has uh, John Cusack. That's the only reason why I watched it. 
See, I, I, I've, I've watched none of these movies because they just become a platform for practical or uh, special effects, yep. CGI, and there's no real, there's no real substance. balls to it, yeah. substance. There's nothing that, that brings me in. It's just kind of like a Michael Bay movie of continuous explosions and car crashes and, you know, you know, the earth suddenly, you know, lunges up, you know, a hundred feet and all the cars <laughs> are pulling up. It doesn't do anything for me. Give me something more. And I think Poseidon Adventure does that even mm. though it does sacrifice like you know it's a disaster movie where's the action at the pacing it does a little but bit. it's it's a very intimate movie well in some of the conversations because this movie gets into some feels i i maybe have blocked that out because this does have some moments where you're like oh oh yeah she dead oh like, you know, or just i don't know just when like rogo's talking with his wife and he's like this is why i've been trying to keep you off the streets like because i love you you know and it's like whoa this is a cop that married a prostitute and like are having real life shit happen i do i do like his conversation with the wife where he's, she's all like well you had to arrest me six times before you could even ask me out and he's like well i had to save you somehow yeah i had to get you out of there and you're right there there are these feels there are these you know connecting moments even with like the cop and the prostitute the the fighting siblings the married couple who are finally actually able to go out and enjoy their life and actually finally go see their grandson and when when shelly winter's character dies i that's she was always my favorite character (laughs) in the movie (laughs) (laughs) You t- it happens so much. You did like- that so loud it scared me. <laughs> but when she okay, when she has her heart attack and she does die, rewatching it, it got me. When Gene Hackman is like holding her tight and saying like, "No, not this woman." Yeah, not this woman. I like the scene when he goes to the Catholic priest. Yeah, he's like, "Did you listen to my sermon?" And then they have the whole discussion, and he says like, "Well, you know, you're only preaching to the strong." Mm. And it's it's two again two different viewpoints, but the men are are working towards the same goal. They're both men of God, but Gene Hackman is this more you know cocksure. I'm going to save lives by action, while the other is I'm going to lend comfort and try to, you know, he's he's binding the one woman's mm. arm in the one scene, yeah. and then he stays behind, knowing he's probably going to die. It's just two differing viewpoints, and both of them are happy in the spots they're in. Yep. And none of them says to the other, like, oh, you should stay here. Or, and Gina Hackman understands why the priest stays behind. And he tells him, he's like, you should come. And he's just like, no, my place is here. And yeah. he's like, okay, you know, I, I, I get He you. knows that it's going to be a sacrifice. That's exactly what he knows. I do love the almost smugness throughout multiple characters that, you know, is seen. You have Mr. Rogan, who is constantly on the little kid's back. Where he's all like, no, it's only like one inch thick. Why shut, up, the, shut up, kid. Why is this kid talking to me? Oh, you don't know anything. Blah, blah, blah. So he's always like telling him to like shut up. Or, I mean, first off, like you should probably listen to someone who actually has an interest in this ship. And then you have the idea of like who's actually going to be discerning power over the masses. You have the purser who's telling everyone like, we're going to stay here. We're going to wait for help. This man knows nothing about this ship. Like I'm actually the one who really knows how to run everything here. Like I'm important. But he's not. But he's not. He's a hotel man. Right. While all the while, Red Buttons is going around saying like, come on, didn't you hear? Didn't you hear what the preacher said? He said we can make it out. The preacher. The preacher's talking to us. But the preacher got that information from the kid. Right. But when it's coming from a man of God in a time of crisis. So it comes down to who 
you choose to listen to. Yeah, who you're going to trust. And I, so I had a little bit of an issue with, I think that the kid having this, like, curiosity and this information is, plays to the story very well. It was a little hokey. It's a little hokey, but also could have gone bad so so quickly one wrong turn one area where he's like i think this is like the main cabin deck or whatever and then it's like we're in the poor of the room you eat. like and <laughs> now this kid is to blame for leading these people to their death and it's well the kid had sort of the long game he knew where they need to end up yes it, but it was acre who got a lot of that done as far as like you know this is yeah. broadway up here mm-hmm. Um, again, it's just they all were working together despite the drama that was going on. And I loved the little arguments between Gene Hackman and uh, and Rogan and Rogo. Yeah, uh, Rogo. you know, they, so they you son of a bitch. You know, you know, Reverend. I don't think I like you very much. Maybe it's your <laughs> attitude. Like. <laughs> It was, it was. Where does it go deeper? <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, and, and the reverend's like, well, maybe you just don't like seeing yourself in the mirror. Like, <laughs> yeah. it, was, it was some great dialogue and great acting and, and also some great direction yeah. that I think delivers these performances. And uh, I hear they shot it consecutively, you know, mm. starting from the beginning and shooting scene by scene so that their clothes would look more and more worn out by the time they got to the end. And I think that's a neat little little detail. Whew, this there's so many parts of this that get that do get amped up when the water starts like kind of going every from this from the moment that they leave the main dining area and are like okay we're on our own everyone back there dead mm-hmm. going to like the flash fire and rogo trying to like kind of go whoa, 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 whoa like i know you just want to like go gung-ho but you really need to like think about each step that you take because the preacher just constantly pushes Hold it. Do you know what a flash fire is? Well, mister, I'm not going to let you kill us. I'm going through that door, Mr. Rogo. You need to stand aside and close that door to keep the air from coming in. Or you can try to stop me. And I get that he wants, that he has to, because otherwise, if they let up for a second. He's the the shepherd of the flock. Yeah. That he knows that the the water, the wolves, are just like right behind them and they're going to get taken out. But. But yeah, the one scene where uh, when the water starts coming up and uh, Rogo shoves the sister up the ladder and is waiting for the Reverend and the boy to come and like they're just a wash mm-hmm. and like if that's terrifying, yeah. And it's it's you know it's not like a CGI you know a hundred story building collapsing or you know a volcano exploding but that itself being trapped in a place that you can't get out of and the water's coming up is fucking terrifying mm-hmm. that's what i love about this movie. you get to be like you're right all the practical all the practical effects all the actual like danger coming in it's real fire it's real water flooding the compartments um i mean even when the kid is being is coming back and going like has anyone seen him has anyone seen him? oh i'm sorry sis i just had to go to the john it's like, that's a stupid way to die, going to the John, which is actually a callback to the book, because in the book, the little kid goes off to the bathroom, and that's the last you see of him. Oh. <laughs> wow, way to make I, this a downer. No, I would have been okay with that. Do it for the kid. Do it, yeah. do it for the kid. But then you got to think, he's all like, I went to the John, and I'm like, all right, I'm, I'm hoping you had to shit, because you're surrounded by water. And if you just didn't pee your pants. Yeah, come yeah, on. Just pee. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but then again, the pee is following you the entire time. So <laughs> you're like, well, you're, we gotta, you're in an ocean. We got to stay one step ahead, everyone. We got to pee right the, behind the, us. The stuff that's in that water that's yeah. in the ship, the pee is the least. I think it's the least you 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, the whole septic t- system's got to be dumping out into that stuff. So, oh, upside down, gas tanks, you know, going off. Everything's flooding into the More water. Poo soup, if you will. There's a couple <laughs> of times, though, also that you wonder who built this shit because there's a lot of. Um, they didn't get to put the palace on, damn it. <laughs> yeah. He the, had to answer oh, man. higher people. We did not even talk about Top Neeson and in, in, in the beginning. Oh, gosh. I wanted more. I wanted them to come across uh, Leslie Nielsen, like, and he's, like, crippled. His legs are smashed in. <laughs> and he, like, gives him, like, one last MacGuffin, like, no, go through the captain's wardroom. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Come on, and then he farts sure. like his corpse farts because it would be that one little moment of Leslie Nielsen funny, <laughs> funny, funny part. Like, ah, I can go now. <laughs> he looks up at the kid and he's like, we can talk about the boat now. <laughs> it's like, Captain Shirley, you can walk. No, and don't call me Shirley. <laughs> I was waiting for that to happen. Something. <laughs> yeah, it's, oh, it's, it's weird to see him in. A serious role, you know, uh, something that isn't, you know, Forbidden Planet. The underwater scene, I liked it, and I also thought it was very wonky. It was a very... Which which part in particular? Sorry. When they're uh, swimming and Gene Hackman, you know, Reverend's like, okay, I'll go. I'll, I got this. Mm. And it looked like he could have lifted that steel off of himself. I was going to say, Shelly Winters didn't seem to have a problem. <laughs> no, like, no, oh, like, like if he was <laughs> two fingers. <laughs> if, if he was, he was trapped under like a ton of sandwiches and she had to eat the sandwiches so he could get out. That I would find more believable. <laughs> I I, w- I honestly wish that he just would have got, that he actually would have not died, but, you know. Need to have been resuscitated? Yes, yes. And then she gets him out and is like hyperventilating, saves him, and is like, starts calming down her, that's when she has her heart attack. But her little death now is, sorry, Drew, it's almost kind of comedic. Ah! Like a- oh, no, no, no. Her like, her like heart attack jerk? Yeah, no. I, I'm not saying it's not like kind of wonky and like, oh, what's happened? Oh, okay, she's dying. Okay. But. It, it's it's a it's a sad sad scene. It's actually it wasn't the original uh, thing that was to happen. Originally, it was going to be Shelley Winters going first because Gene Hackman's character was going to go. Yeah, no, it's going to be too dangerous. You should do that first. But then he <laughs> he decided to have it switch. Asps, very dangerous. <laughs> you go first. Indiana <laughs> <laughs> uh, <Indiana> Jones. <laughs> well, I mean, couldn't the the younger girl? <laughs> yeah, Nani. <laughs> oh, <laughs> <Linda. Linda>. <laughs> you got nothing. No, well, Nani can't swim. Oh, that's right. Nani can't swim. So worthless, that, worthless, is, Nani. This is the mo- like the most useless character. Can't she sing while you guys are walking? Do something. Papa, like- can you hear me? <laughs> Okay, so, I mean, not only with the songs that are being done for her singing. So, she's singing, you know, There's Got to Be a Morning After. They sing, you know, the traditional uh, New Year's song. Everything is about... Don't rock the boat. Don't rock the boat. <laughs> rock the boat. <laughs> don't tip the boat over. Uh-oh. It tipped over. <laughs> and the people all said, sit down. <laughs> sit down. You're rocking the boat. It's guys and dolls. <laughs> all right. Deep cut. Deep Nathan, cut, Nathan, 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 Detroit. <laughs> Sue me. Sue me. What can you do? Oh my gosh. What's in the news? (laughs) What's in the daily news? Okay. But she has the most pointless. She has the most pointless like aspect to her actual character where she's supposedly like redeeming herself to fall in love with red buttons because he's caring for her. Like apparently maybe like her brother took care of her. He had more than a pocket full of vitamins for her. (laughs) But 
She goes to, okay, so she wow. can't she can't swim. She can sing, sure. But then also the actress herself was terrified of heights. So even her taking like one step ladder up on like the the, the vertical shaft. That was real. Yeah, oh yeah. Her being terrified is real. So not only is she having like the fears coming from a reality concept, but also now she has to act out. Her our character is scared shitless because she can't swim. She's all, I she can is do so this. useless. <laughs> the scene where they have to to crawl through the shaft to get to the vertical shaft with mm-hmm. the water in it. And Shelly Winters is like, and I've got to fit in there. <laughs> I just could see. I imagine Chewbacca on the Death Star with Han like, I don't care what you smell. Get in there, you big furry animal. <laughs> Into the garbage, you fly boy. <laughs> I didn't mean it when I said that, you know, we caught a 600-pound fish. I didn't mean that you waited. And she's like, that's what you're worried about? She's like, yeah, why? You're a good kid. You're a good kid. I think Here's some snacks. This is the only, only, one of the only critiques I have is the, like, the insta-death. Oh, no way. That was, that catches you off guard. Like, that reminds you this movie You is fall real. 10 feet, you get in the water, dead. <laughs> Wait, you talking about Gene Hackman or? No, uh, Acres. Acres. Acres fell down the shaft. Acres got, the the got blown up. Acres. Kabooey. Okay. Acres, the explosion happened and then Acres fell. Fine. I can, I can, I can see his death. Linda falling and hitting like some type of like oil filled platform where she is now on fire. Gene Hackman. I mean, I guess he just fell into. Water like, surrounded by like burning fuel burning or something, fuel? but that's all on the surface. It, it would have been kind of grotesque, I guess, if he had been like flailing around. Yeah, it just on fire. But when Acres died, he should have done like the Terminator Two, like the one <laughs> thumbs up as he sunk beneath the the water. He just falls and he hits. <laughs> Message for you, sir. <laughs> Hasta la vista. <laughs> Out of all the uh, the deckhands, he was the most human. <laughs> oh, Chris, a little bit. I want to rewrite every single line of the Little Brothers because I cannot stand it. Mister, Mister. No, yeah, no, no, uh, no. Whenever he has to say, like, "Hey, sis, what are you doing up there, sis?" <laughs> It's okay, sis. Come you on can down. do it. Come on, sis. I hate it. No child like addresses their sister by the word sis. And no one like, just sends their two kids on a cruise by themselves. What? what? But I you have it. a rather responsible 19-year-old sister. Yeah. With some fantastic tasting <laughs> dress. <laughs> You're like, oh, look at this skirt. Oh, it becomes hot pants. <laughs> we are We are ready. She uh, was she was very attractive, and Rogo's <laughs> wife is just like breasting boobily. How do you think I got in this dress? And I was like, oh, who's, I love her line. He's like, he, she can't put that on. She's got nothing in her hair. She's like, panties. What else do I need? <laughs> like, she's you put on what I tell you to put on. It's like, all right, take it down. She's so like just in your face, and I love like her character is so real because she doesn't she doesn't care really like of who she was. She's happy that you know who she is now. Like I mean, like but really, she's just kind of like yeah, like let's like what are you doing? And she constantly tells Rogo, hey, go help them, go do this, like shut up, that son of a bitch, Reverend. <laughs> well, he's the one saving, you know. Yeah, I was a little bit pissed at Rogo because that last scene when his wife does die, he saved himself. He went and clutched onto the nearest thing 
And when they show the Reverend, like, he puts his arm around the one sister and then makes sure he secures himself. Where uh, Rogo just sort of like, oh, it's shaking. Oh, there goes my wife. Like, he didn't... I mean, I don't really think that he... Like, one, he had his back to her because, like... And I don't think he even... When it happened, like, yeah, he reached and grabbed... But she could have grabbed him. It just... The shot for that scene is just sort of like rumble, 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 explosion, and there goes the wife. I thought you were going to talk about how Rogo is blaming the. I was like, no, I oh, think that's. I will. Oh, I'll definitely touch get on it. that. I'm going to touch on that you, in second month. You have two completely different reactions from two completely different people when their spouses die in this film. When Shelley Winters, okay, uh, husband, when he comes in and finds out that she has died, he's just in mourning. He's just holding her. He and also the, gets- And he says, like, I have to I have to stay here with her. Like, this is my spot with my places with her. And then Gene Hackman even says, like, she told me to give you this. She says, you have to give it to our grandson from both of us. <laughs> and that thing is what we're drinking tonight. The, what are we drinking, Jack? <laughs> because it was New Year's Eve and they're on a cruise ship, I thought beer would be a bit pedestrian. So we are having some uh, Joya Spirit Craft Cocktail Sparkling Moscow Mules. Ooh. They're actually quite tasty. Quite cool. Quite cool. No, but she gives him the necklace, the Jewish symbol for life. Yes. And says, like, you must take this on. Like, give it to our grandson. No subtlety and whatsoever. And majesty's best luggage. <laughs> but, I mean, the husband isn't blaming the preacher. He isn't blaming anyone. He's not even blaming her. He's not even blaming himself. He's not blaming the disaster. He's just sad that the wife is gone. And then even he gets up and he moves on because he's right. He knows he, that he but, knows that Gene Hackman's right when he says, like, she would want us to move on. But then you have Mr. Rogo, who just, like, yells at him, like, Preacher, you murdering son of a bitch, you liar. You preacher! You lying, murdering son of a bitch! You almost sucked me in! I started to believe in your promises that we had a chance. What chance? You took from me the only thing I ever loved in the whole world. My Linda. You killed her! Dude. But on the flip side of that. Yeah, I will I will defend Rogo. The man behind you. you just lost his wife and he didn't lose his shit. The Reverend blames God. Right. Rogo blames, blames man. That's that's my sort of takeaway from that, is that the Reverend tries to look above, like, you know, don't, if you're not going to help us, don't hinder us. But you never see Rogo, like, praying for God or any of that. Yeah. He's more pissed at, at, at man itself. And I think, you know, a little bit you're below right. the surface. No, 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 you're right. Uh, it's just two different points of view. Because even with the wife, he's mad at not the fact that people would recognize her. He's mad at how upset she's getting mm-hmm. over that. So, again, it's not her past life. It's not who could go like, oh, yeah, that's the prostitute that I paid for. He's mad at her for saying, like, what are you doing? Why should this matter to you? Yeah. Like, I've given you something good. Also, Mr. Rosen gets to say a goodbye. Mm-hmm. He has he has a little bit of time to process it. He I'm going to lay with her for a few more minutes. Like I just just okay. I mean, you know, so he and and they've lived a whole life together. You know, they've spent a lot of quality time. They're still, you know, in love after all those years even though they, you know, even touch on it. Like when how when was the last time we said I love? You know, just that they have that deep connection and for him giving that time of okay, you know what? I'm now going to get up. 
I'm yes, I'm going to continue on for her. Rogo just, I mean, it gone. How long, how done. long have they been married? Were they like brand new newlyweds? Pretty. I think pretty new, at least within a year, right? But for for Belle, she's inadvertently, though, she sacrificed herself to save the man who ultimately did lead them to paradise, did lead them to salvation. Yes. So I'm okay with with that. With Her sacrifice, I think, wasn't needless. It wasn't acre falling into the the water. (laughs) Which I'm glad that there's those two deaths that are two sacrifices and then two just casualties of the situation. Because disasters don't go, oh, well, you know, pay the toll and, you know, request a <laughs> life. It just goes, hey, this is the disaster and it claims what it will claim. You're all going to die. Yeah. So I was I was actually kind of okay with a couple rando deaths. So watching Gene Hackman's last scene, mm. was anybody else eyeballing the the scenery like, well, if he just kind of like, <laughs> if, he, if he just kind of like swinging, if he swung, swung himself a little bit, there was like a ventilation duct behind him. He could have maybe gotten to that and climbed back up. Yeah, he, uh, Rogo like, had you know the rope around him. Right. Like, no, there were there were many things I could have it, done. It was a maybe a needless, but also a very like he. It's almost like he sacrificed himself as an apology. To Rogo. Rogo's wife. Yes. Because he he does it right. I mean, it, that all starts happening right after Rogo kind of breaks down, and that's you're right. And Boom. He, he does turn around to give him that last minute kind of like go and, get him speech. Yeah, he's like, keep going. Like, you know, but yeah, I think that's one thing that had they re redone this film very scene for scene, that is something they could have changed for the better to have Rogo do more of like an effort like come on preacher like we can't do this without you something and but i think he kind of had to die just no, the manner in which absolutely. he did die absolutely it could have been a little bit more maybe i mean like deliberate if, what if he like had survived holding on to which frankly it's hot steam and he's somehow holding on to that for like 90 seconds turning each one and then have enough strength to turn around and still hold on what if he had survived holding on and turning off the steam but like he had been burned so badly sauna, that he steam that he sauna steam <laughs> but what if he dies like right as like the hole is being cut i don't want him to see the like end he's result. suffering oh, no, no, no. i like he... no no he doesn't see it he dies like before it like is popped up okay, okay. No, i want him to see the sunlight and like he's suffering from like third degree burns and like a seared <laughs> lung gosh and then he's like, okay, be a morning everybody <laughs> everybody is saved now. I can go now. Yeah. Oh, oh God. Okay, you know what? This would have been the one redeeming thing from Nani if she would have like... like Started as, singing? There's gonna be a morning at... And he just like... No. Like, okay. rolls his eyes back. Shadow, shadow, who will help me carry him? As I went down to the river to play, so it about that good old day. And who shall wear the Lord and crown the Lord? Show me the way. What? That's a uh, oh, brother. brother. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Great movie. Ah, great. It's movie. 1972. It's not that far off from the 60s. She might have been singing some renditions from Hair, like, you know, Let the Sun Shine. Yes. Aquarius. Oh, uh, <laughs> Are we ready for Segamantes? Segamantes! Segmonts. Yeah, we need. I need to get someone to like record it in the Sega, so- in the Sega, <laughs> Sega. segments. Uh, so, for our first segment, we have Close Call. Close call is when every time in life we've had some uh, close calls uh, where we think, you know what? 
maybe had things gone a little bit differently, we would not be here. What's something that is a close call in your life that you have walked away from that you probably should not have or could have very easily gone a different way? Okay, so I don't think I've actually like told anybody this. Ooh. Welcome, audience, to Deep Secrets. <laughs> <laughs> Exclusive breaking news. These so, are Deep Thoughts are by deep Jack thoughts. Handy. <laughs> As I was driving home from my brother's wedding... Uh, years ago and you know coming home to Baco and I I don't exactly remember what I was doing I may have been looking down at my phone to like change a song or something but the next thing I know like you know it was getting you know just driving faster not paying attention I was about to plow like right into the back of a of a braking and slowing down semi like second like not even seconds a second away and I like had to like jerk the wheel and just like immediately somehow barely like make it into the next lane. I don't remember exactly what happened next because I think it was like all the like adrenaline rushing. Um, I do remember hearing like tire screeching from behind me. So I don't know if that caused an accident, but I'm alive. <laughs> Whoa. Okay. Yeah. At that point, I like. I close looked, call. Oh, no. Very close call. I looked. I, I was like freaking out. Holding on to the steering wheel. The tractor trailer's gonna get you. Oh, I took my phone and I and I took my phone and I threw it in the back seat. I'm like, nope, we're gonna listen to radio the rest of the way. AC on, like window down, oh, like wake yeah, up. No, <laughs> yeah, no, I was like, nope, nope, not again. And like from that point, like I, I make certain that if I have to do anything for a drive, like you know, songs are cued, playlist is made. Yeah, I have a uh, I have a thing that where like it'll plug into the uh, the cigarette holder and it like props up the phone, not like me holding it, having to look down. Mm. It's it's directly at eye level if I need to see it and like go boop real quick. Cool. That's good. Yeah, I think it was like 2005, maybe 2006. I had my first car was a Seafoam Green Saturn SL2 stick shift oh. uh, with the the saw blade rims. It was 1992, and the car had basically just died. And so uh, I got a used Ford Ranger with the tonneau cover. It was also stick shift. <laughs> it was Mr. Hot Shit with it. Jack's a stick shift driver. This man, uh, I, three I, vehicles you have mentioned tonight, stick shift. I still have dreams where I'm driving stick shift vehicles. Now, in just grassy fields. Now, if I was down in LA traffic and I was driving a stick shift vehicle, (laughs) I would blow my brains out. But anyway, the the stick shift vehicle is really neither here nor there. But I've been camping with the same group of guys since we were in high school. And I fly back every year and we we all still go camping. But this was 2005. Anyone expecting? Uh, What's what's that? Anyone expecting? Yeah. Yeah. My buddy Todd's having a second. Oh. Has a second second chance. I know that was, wasn't that the inside joke that. Was I not? It? Remember, he he talked about this like one of the the last episodes. You said you know, like oh, like we say, like oh, like are you pregnant? Oh, are you pregnant? <laughs> oh yeah, no, yeah, yeah I was yeah, trying yeah, to no. be on the inside joke. Come on, somebody's still gonna get Come pregnant. On. But uh, yeah, no, no. <laughs> but anyway, uh, You're back, so needy. I'm trying. <laughs> back then, we were living in uh, Southwest Ohio. We used to go to the Red River Gorge in Kentucky, Daniel Boone National Forest. I just watched the video on. Some of the trails there. Beautiful. Fucking gorgeous. Beautiful. So you could either camp up like on top of the gorge or you could camp down at the bottom of the gorge around the river. And we had this camping spot. And for some reason, I usually never stake in my tent. But that night I stuck, I, I 
hammer the stakes in. And it rained, but it was just a pitter-patter. But we're in a gorge, and it poured north of us. All <laughs> of the rivers and tributaries <laughs> that dump water through the gorge, we all went to sleep that night just a little bit moist. And we were camping next to the river, and the river rose about 20 feet in maybe an hour. So I woke up on a a waterbed to my friends yelling my name because they had all gotten out of their tents and were in the bed of the truck because water was sweeping through our campsite. And you couldn't just go away because the the water was already up past the, the axles. Of the vehicles. And we were camped way down at the bottom. We had to drive down to get there. And that was cut off. So we had to climb up this incline as the water is rising trying to save ourselves. And if I hadn't stuck down my tent with the stakes, I would have been swept away. And my one buddy, Alex, he's like, I thought you were dead. Whoa. So we... <laughs> We, uh, we ended up uh, making it to the ranger station and uh, called my, my buddy Sean's father who rented a, a van and came down and got us. And we were just filthy and disgusting because we all had to wade through floodwaters like up to our chest to get to the area where we could climb up with our ship. And we stunk like river water. Small price to pay. Yeah. Mm. He had, Small price. He had brought like some like bologna sandwiches down with him. <laughs> You're like, these are the best sandwiches. <laughs> and, I'll, and I'll never forget because... Because Sean had driven his parents' other car down that had just been paid off, and that was a total loss. The truck was completely a total loss because it got covered up over the roof with water. And uh, we had eaten bologna sandwiches in Kentucky, so by the time we got back to drop me off at my mom's house, I let out a real mean bologna fart. And this was this was this Thanks was for saving this. this was the frosting on the cake, and I'll never forget it as long as I live. Oh, Shop, lovely Nielsen. My mom is waiting at the top of the driveway. Was pulling, and and I let out that baloney fart as we entered the neighborhood, and it just swept through <laughs> and seared the nostrils of every man in there. <laughs> And Sean just whips open the the passenger door and says to my mom, This is your son's fault. <laughs> <laughs> and my mom's like, What? What? And then she figured it out. But he, she thought she meant, uh, he meant that the the flood and the, flood. the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was, it was a trip. Oh. Uh, but it was one of those times where you survived it and then you're like, could easily die. Yeah. Mine comes from firefighting. I remember we were cutting down into a pretty good ravine and my saw team, Clover and I, I was a sawyer <laughs> and Clover is my swamper, which pulls material away while I cut with the chainsaw. And so we go down, it's called leapfrogging, where one saw will be in one position and and the other saw will jump ahead and start cutting, you know, a little bit further in. So that way you're not cutting right next to each other. Safety. It's a big deal. Anyways, so we leapfrog one of the other chainsaws and we go down deeper into this ravine. And we're probably, it's probably still another 30 feet of downhill right below us. But it's very jungly. And I am working on a good size tree branch. And I'm pretty focused on the tree branch. And Clover is right behind me holding my backpack so that way he can... Let me know if anything, you know, if I need to know anything, he'll, he'll tap me, you know, twice, you know, hey, shut the saw off, something's happening. And so as I'm cutting, I feel one tap and then release. And as I'm turning to look, a log 
hits my backpack. Uh, the log was probably about half of the size of this table mm. and smacks my backpack and I throw my saw and I, fl- I fall probably 10, 10 feet and grab onto a branch. Everyone was yelling that the log was rolling downhill. Uh, one of the other Sawyers had cut it and it didn't catch where they wanted it to, to land. And so it just was rolling downhill. Had I not churned, I probably would have taken more of the brunt of it. And actually, like it probably would have hit more of me. But because I churned, I moved my body enough where it just clipped my backpack. And Do you think you would have like fallen on your own chainsaw? No, not so much my own chainsaw. I just just would have taken, you know, a, a bigger cu- a couple hundred pounds of solid right. wood right. traveling <laughs> at a very high velocity. And well, good googly moogly. It was a little bit of a close goal, but uh, I'm here. Huge fucking guy. Yeah. <laughs> Absolute unit. Uh, so that was our segment for close call. Our next segment is bro, that's deep. And this is where we take us on a, uh, a little bit of a rabbit hole trip. And we take this movie and try and find a deeper meaning of this film. So, all right. I, uh, I can start. I don't know. I'll go first. I'll go first. I've got, I've I feel got, like Jax is going to be got, really good. Uh, no, probably not. Okay. I got two Sweet. little ones. One of the, one of the persons that I work with has a saying sometimes it's better to ask forgiveness than to ask for permission yep mm. very common and uh, I think that sort of embodies the the reverend where he's got his conviction and he's got his plan laid out and he's not really swayed from that but also at the same time he's willing to admit at the one point when he opens up the overhead hatch and he tells the one girl like if I'm wrong tell Rogo and have him get out his way like he's willing to you mm-hmm. know if i'm wrong so be it but but have them get out and then i sort of think that the interplay between rogo and the reverend is sort of mirroring mirroring a little bit of our current political situation mm. in a different sense where back then the two parties may not have liked each other they may have had different viewpoints but they could still work together to get things accomplished and i think that we've lost a lot of that the ability to disagree with somebody but still work together like rogo and the reverend did for the common good rather than spending most of your time just trying to spit in the other person's eye and that's what i took away from it that just sort of really made an impact for me nice the uh this whole film is a very very spiritual analogy i feel like and i didn't want to go too easy with it i really want i I looked at Every angle I possibly, you know, could, I think, with, okay, this person represents, you know, this, or this person represents this. And I boiled it down pretty much just to some of the, like, the the keyer parts is Rogo represents a Christian and Reverend represents Christ. So, and I know that it's... It could be taken a lot of different ways, oh, but this is how you, I kind of... You really did plumb the death smile. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> okay. <laughs> so, Rogo goes along with religion and with, with Christ, even though, for the most part, he's kind of... He feels like he's almost dragged along, and he's like, I don't I don't know what you're trying to get at with this reverend. And Rogo like, is blaming the reverend. And so, he when, when his wife dies, he's blaming God. He's just like, you did this. This is your fault. You took her from me. When you were saying that, you know, earlier i was like whoa like i feel i'm right there on that level but i think that he's looking at a more like no this is your broader when really he knows that it's not he didn't do this to him this is part of you know the world and he's just focusing all of his trust 
his belief in the Reverend because he's been right all along. Even when Rogo's like, no, you're stupid. Like, this is wrong and we shouldn't. We're going to do it my way. I'm going to do it my human way because that way works. And that's the way everyone else is going. I've done this. I've sacrificed myself. I have faith that who, you know, God will see the rest through. Yes. And Rogo will get them there. And and so when when Christ sacrifices himself and says, keep going. For Rogo, I, I know some people are like, I don't want to listen to this Christian stuff, Nathan. Like, <laughs> unsubscribe. No, 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 I'm just I'm just going with the film. Well, I mean, there's a lot of layers to this. It, oh, well, there is. That's why this, this is the segment, bro. That's deep. Because after he gets through, he does see salvation. He They do find, and there's a moment, though, where he's like, so does that mean that uh, the Reverend dined with the whores with uh, Rogo's wife? Dined with the prostitutes? <laughs> I, mean, I mean, he, he so he denies, so he does deny Christ all the way even up to the very end where it's like the one inch thickness. All right, come unto me like you know with the faith of a child, of a child. All right, Boom. innocence coming from the mouth of babes. And this isn't a religious podcast. I'm a cowardly agnostic or a, cow- <laughs> a cowardly atheist who claims he's agnostic. So <laughs> yeah, it's not a religious podcast, no, but <laughs> it. I just think that it has a lot of ties to faith. Uh, faith. It's just, just faith simplest, and simplicity yeah, of faith. Uh, with I mean, which I doesn't went, have to be religious at all. I went very. I went way down some rabbit holes with you know ignoring like the child. Which is data, like data and, and, and like analysis, you know, facts. Whereas humans, we will see that and we'll hear it and go, no. I was going much the same way. Yeah. Whereas it's sort of like, you know, you can choose not to regard the facts based yes. on, on your own personal bias. Whereas the Reverend believes in the, sort of the enthusiasm and the knowledge of that data and uses it to try to save people and it ends up being true it's sort of where you get your own truth and and mm-hmm. who you know, trust who you trust mm-hmm. drew i would say courage and self-worth are going to be like two huge kind of like thematic elements that are found inside this movie i mean you have rogo who doesn't necessarily see that that much of himself but he's very happy and proud of himself with his new wife he's very happy with her he's happy with the life that he can provide for her however he is going to step down every single time that she's going to have her moment to rise and be present because even when he's like yelling at the doctor he's all like so wait a minute you're just going to come in here and give her some pills and then you know shove her off and then just like walk away and she's all like Give me the pills. I'll do it myself. Oh, just shoot me. And, and then, like, she's like, I'll do it. And I know what suppositories are. Like, get out of here. And he's like, oh, honey. And that was a bit of an odd scene with the it doctor. Was. It was it almost was. like the boatman leading the damned across the river sticks. Like, nobody was really reacting except for the doctors. Like, we're going to the bow. Right, which oh. is the nurse. It's like, we're following the doctor. Oh, yeah. And I mean, everyone is, he's sticking up for himself because he has to be like the big, strong husband. But when the wife speaks up, he does cower down again. When she's starting to speak up and say, I can do this. And he's like, no, she doesn't have anything under. She's like, no, I'm fine. Just give me the shirt. He tries to be big again. Him yelling at the Reverend, only gaining his courage again each time when he has to either defend himself or his wife. When the wife is gone, he realizes his own self-worth is no longer there. Until Red Buttons has to remind him, like, what kind of cop were you to, like, sit there and all you've been doing is complaining and beef? Yeah. Like, what kind of a man are you? He, I mean, he doesn't say, like, what kind of a man are you? But to say, like, what kind of a cop were you? Like, Red Buttons is calling him out. And everyone has to have a, a sense of, again, courage and self-worth that they have to overcome. Nani has to overcome her fear of not being able to swim, leaving her brother behind and then finally accepting that he is dead. Red Buttons has to have the courage to try and, like, gather the flock. 
I mean, everyone is involving themselves and to seeing their own self-worth on how to get through this, but also the ability to do so. So who would have thought that our disaster film ended up being our deepest fucking delve? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> what a disaster. <laughs> oh, the depths we can go is almost limitless. <laughs> but then we will find our treasure. treasure <laughs> oh, no, no. At He's the, raging. At the end uh, of the labyrinth. Uh, Willow! Willow. <laughs> we where's, found the, the, where's the boiler room? <laughs> we found these themes in the forest. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> For our last segment, <laughs> it is titled, Don't Hate the DM, Hate the Dice. Uh, so this movie has a lot of, in a weird way, RPG elements that would make for an epic yet very punishing session. So you guys are going to take the role of the DM, and uh, I want you guys to either narrate one of the scenes, or uh, if you have scripts and you want to like uh, act some of this out, we can. So, uh, so I'm narrating. I feel like I've got the weakest of the offerings, so <laughs> I, I would like to go first, if that's okay with you. That's that, absolutely. That's fine. All right. The paladin jumps into the underwater tunnel. <laughs> Give me a swim check. Paladin rolls a 16. <laughs> the water is dimly lit. You can see light about 15 yards ahead. Please give me a swim check. Oh, I'm sorry. You've rolled a four. Give me a deck save. <laughs> oh, goodness. You rolled an eight and you needed a ten. Your clumsy swimming made you clip an unseen filament of rope in front of you, triggering a goblin deadfall. <laughs> Heavy rocks pile on top of you, driving the breath from your lugs. Give me a save or die. You've saved. Oh. At the rim of the murky pool, you hear the clamor of falling rocks and a hissing brown silt. And hissing brown silt has just belched out of the underwater tunnel. The fighter, sensing his companion is in danger, dives in without wasting a moment. However, she is badly encumbered in the water by the weight of her breastplate, shield, weapon, <laughs> adventures, pack, and helm. Give me a swim check, fighter. 20. Jesus. All right. Wow. <laughs> Not uh, 20. <laughs> you do you, boo. Uh, you come upon the pallet and struggling under many rocks you can see the desperation in his eyes his lungs begin to burn with the need for air give me a strength check to remove the rocks <laughs> jesus a 19 christ all right <laughs> using your shield you shovel the rocks off in one paladin swipe crow <laughs> Such a good DM, I love it. <laughs> the paladin begins frantic, frantically swimming, but is running out of air. Paladin, give me a fortitude check. Ooh, an eight. Sorry, you are blacking out from lack of oxygen. Give me your save or die. Ooh, an 11. You got uh -huh. it by one, paladin. Uh -huh. The fighter is now starting to run out of air. Give me one more swim check. Oh, goodness. 16. That works, but you are only moving at half speed due to your encumbered status. <laughs> you reach the end of the tunnel. The light at the other end looms above you. Give me a strength check to see if you can push off the bottom and break the surface for air. A one. Oh. Your boots are stuck in the mud and you're exhausted. The paladin comes back to you. He's hoisting you up and trying to aid you, but you're just out of air. Give me a save or die. Oh. Another one. The fighter's heart gives out from her exertion. The paladin tries to lay hands but is out of charges. He weeps over the body of the dying fighter, then loots her corpse with a plus one ring of life and goes back to the rest of the party. <laughs> oh my 
Oh. That was well done. That was great. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye, Mrs. Rosen. <laughs> <laughs> Mrs. Rosen has left the game. <laughs> uh, Drew, do you want to get an axe or do you want to do a okay, nice. Sure. <laughs> Just saying. Do we each need dice? You guys can have dice uh, if you want. I only have one D20. Okay. You have the choice as to whether or not you are NPCs or would you like to take actual characters? Characters? Characters, yeah. Characters. All right. Would anyone care to be the Reverend? What's the other choice? Red buttons. I'll be red buttons. I'll be the Reverend, you son of a bitch! <laughs> Mr. Martin. All right. So. Uh, well, Mr. Reverend. <laughs> okay. The preacher. Standing oh, aloft. <laughs> Stop it. Standing aloft on the high perch, looking down over the traverse landscape that is now centering in, this, in the middle of this boat, toppled over tapestries, bookcases, Anything that was once remnant of this beautiful sanctuary has now been destroyed. Yes, we are a medieval castle. And yes, we have many tapestries. <laughs> you kill in the mood. What if you are art yep. cheetos? <laughs> if you are art dealer, I am Mickey Mouse. <laughs> the rest of the people who are embodying the castle start to scour the lower levels. The flood is coming, but it is up to the reverend to gather his flock. He must encourage them to climb higher, to avoid the rushing waters that will soon sweep them away and not only wipe clean their sins, but their bodies. When I was at the uh, the tavern, did I get any cool new... Did I level up? Did we level up at all? So you guys did level up. You got a new <laughs> level of uh, priest and uh, you got another level of bard. So I had used up all my spells in the last session. Can uh, we say that I have my spells back for uh, this no. one? You you did not rest very well. God However, you could get some divine inspiration from giving that speech uh, this morning, that sermon. I don't need your divine inspiration. I'm a man of God. <laughs> so your new skill check is to try and convince the crowd to... F- to follow you, to believe you, you need to give them a roaring speech. Red buttons. Mr. Martin, you are down below. You, not only, in addition to him trying to convince diplomacy, everyone out there, you have to be down in the crowds, kind of whispering in their ears, encouraging them. This will aid him in this skill check. I'm going to get on top of the tallest point that I can, and I'm going to look down upon the clamoring masses and say, Salvation! Salvation is what brings us together today. Is is the girl that I saw earlier, is she looking at me? Because I really want her to be looking at me. Oh, the minstrel woman? Yes. Ah, Nani. Nani has been very, very distraught because she soon found that when the earthquake happened, a boulder fell on top of her brother. And she's desperately trying to, like... Pull him out, but she is incredibly beside herself. I would like to pop one of the pills that I I have in my pocket, uh, the green one. Uh-huh. Um, the plus five alfalfa. Yes, the alfalfa. And um, I would like to uh, waft some air uh, to hopefully allure her away from the dead brother. Um, do I need to roll for that, or is that... So upon uh, taking the pill, mm-hmm. it has an immediate effect. You now have this kind of like aura about you that mm-hmm. is going to give you a plus three to your persuasion. Do I know what the uh, skill check for this is or I just, I just need to roll Let's roll. It. Let's see okay. if you can make it. Okay. Uh, that's a 12. A 12. With your plus three, it makes it a 15, which actually beats the DC of a 12. Yes. So you are able to persuade her with your sweet nothings. Please tell me what you're going to say. I say, Nani, what up? We are going to go to the top. I love your sweet beats. 
come with us. Let's go. She smiles at you and a tear, just a single tear falls straight down her face. And she says, he's really dead, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah, he he dead. He dead. She, but now you've got to live. She understands. <laughs> but then I lived. She understands and she uh, she goes with you. So Nani's joined the party. The rest of the par- rest of the time, <laughs> you have to try now to get to the top level. Luckily, a Christmas tree has been hoisted up, almost like a kind of like a ladder. Can the Reverend give us a uh, advantage on our climb? The Reverend cannot give you advantage on your climb. However, now that he has noticed some water rushing in, other people are scrambling for that ladder. Do you think that you can make it to the top in time before everyone else? I'm going to try ladder? to uh, to cast a buff to increase your skill checks okay sweet i see you quivering masses <laughs> i hear you you're all gonna have to climb the tree do it one at a time or you'll all fucking die boom miraculously they all don't listen <laughs> and they start fighting each other for their next spot in line which actually gives you an opening to climb that tree okay um go oh, climb i'm gonna have nani in front of me and i'm going to uh just try Plus and five butt press yeah. <laughs> Uh, that's a 16. Okay. You are able to, like, push her up, even despite the fact that she is persuaded by you, but she is very, very scared. Uh, the two of you make it to the top. Now, you have people scrambling up this tree. What do you do? I chop the tree. I'm gonna remove my, uh, my short sword and, uh, attempt to attack the, the tree. Okay. A four. A four. Okay. Would you care to aid him in any way? I'm a man of God, but I tried to save these... <laughs> they did not listen. Already, I gave them my best stuff, all my shtick. I aid you. A nine. A nine. Okay, so with your four? Four. Okay, with the four and the nine making a 13, all you needed was a 10 to hit the top part of the tree, which is actually the thinnest, and that was the only piece that was bracing it up against the corner of the stonework. The tree topples to the ground, initially crushing some people beneath it. And with that, we become... Murderers. <laughs> They'll never know. But though. it's okay. If as long as everyone dies, you guys are good. And your alignment doesn't have to change. Good job. Yay! That was a good session. Maybe <laughs> <laughs> session. Uh well. Everyone's like, what are we listening to? This is not a movie. <laughs> and tuning in, they're like, this is what a real hot hodgepodge. I like it. Ah. <laughs> uh, we may have to do one or two takes of this, I don't know. But let's we'll give see what it happens. A shot. Okay, uh so Rogo and Acres, you guys are gonna feel the blast the most, and so you guys are gonna need to roll a strength saving throw and hold on to the ladder. Uh, but don't forget to you can add your athletics to this check. Okay. Hmm. That's a nineteen on the die for me. Where's athletics? Um Oh here. Okay. I rolled die, die, I need the die. Uh, I rolled a Should've brought your own. Oh, Two, uh, combined with my athletics, which has a temporary modifier of negative six due to my legs, so... Uh, Yeah, you you didn't make it. Um, Mm. So you plummet past Mr. Rogo and into the acid water. Acid water? Uh, What the hell, man? This is acid water. It it is. Hold on. Nani, what are you doing? Um, I got a five plus my wisdom modifier of one. Is that enough to overcome my fear? No, no. You still need a 10 or higher to keep going, so uh, maybe Mr. Martin can give you advantage. I call out to Rogo. 
Uh, you're drowning in the acid water. You you can't talk. God damn it. I'll climb down to look for anchors. Uh, you can't really see him. Uh, oh, roll for explosion in the water. The water is just now exploding? Yes. Let's see. Uh, go ahead and roll. Uh, Rogo, you're good. Um, Acres, unfortunately, you succumb to the explosion. Uh, as you feel your limbs separate from your body. Uh, oh, you can make another roll, Nani. Brilliant. Martin. Martin, you need to give me advantage now. Oh, okay. I, I give a, a soft, comforting pep talk. Uh, ha! Not 20, baby. <laughs> okay, Nani, uh, you can keep moving up with Mr. Martin's help, and Rogo, the water is rising. Oh, I'm out. I climb as fast as I can. Uh, you, you're right behind them. You'll you'll have to climb at their pace. And Acres, um, do you want to take over as Miss Rosen? Uh, Brian has to leave, and he said that you can just play that character. Oh, sure. I Hopefully I'll have some better luck with this one. <laughs> <laughs> yes! Uh, uh, that is a DM oh, version of this I movie. I bow to you. <laughs> <laughs> that is... <laughs> you drool You have spittle going down You're sure But that was really funny. Right. Well I was being hysterical I'm goddamn <laughs> Nani for Christ's sake <laughs> Oh that Ooh. I didn't even read your script before that But that was brilliant Jeez, yeah, That was quite oh, awesome. this, this film was a lot of fun to watch <laughs> And I think that we're getting close to the end. Jack, do we have any Patreon exclusives? Because obviously the folks can get it to us. This is a big Patreon. one. Ooh. Yeah, Ooh. This is a big one. So this is called the uh, the Never Split the Party Pool Party. Oh. For $80,000, we'll build a pool in Nathan's backyard. I'm uh, down for this. Along with this okay. pool, we'll build a floating game table and design a Dungeons and Dragons sessions around escaping a sinking wizard's tower. Yes! We'll have to stick together and use all of our wits and guile to survive. We'll provide the sunblock, flagons, cocktails, and gaming supplies along with tasty meats and sundry treats. I don't see a negative side on this. So what? Keep going. I, I want this just to be a normal one. Yeah. <laughs> a normal Patreon level. That's, That's it. it. Boom. Yes. Just this sounds Just for amazing. the tiny cost. Tiny. We'll use thousand. forty to $50,000 to build the actual pool. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But the rest goes to supporting your pals at the Real Feels Podcast. Now, folks, if I you guys want to go in on this, I mean, like a group, you know, Kickstarter or um, yeah. go for it. This you know, this is a doable thing. Gather all your friends from like, you know, the East Coast. We'll get some floating <laughs> dice, some floating chairs, and we'll just lounge yeah. around. This sounds astounding. I yeah. like it. Yeah. No. Yeah. Oh, so, I, I love it. I love it. But guys, hey, if you don't want to do the pool party, if you can't necessarily afford the pool party, you can always check us out on Patreon for our normal levels. You know, hitting us up for not only like two five ten dollars fifteen twenty the ultimate price of twenty five dollars Ka-chow. you guys can help us decide what movies we're going to be watching what genres we're going to be picking if you hit that top tier level come on over you can help co-host an episode with us oh that's and right which we, could be in a pool it could be in a pool could be in a pool but guys hey we have some spots open left for season two you can help decide what movies we can see boom you know you want to come on maybe do a remake or some shit that you know i'll hate it yeah. could be a movie you love. It could be a movie that you hate. Do it. Do it. <laughs> what would you guys rate this film? Well, 
Nathan, out of the six people rescued, I would rate this movie five out of six weeping Mr. Rogos. A masterpiece for its time, it's only aged a little in my estimation, and the acting caliber is just delightful. Five out of six weeping Rogos. Okay. Drew? So, I would give this movie two minutes and 47 seconds out of three minutes for how long Belle could hold her breath. Could hold her breath. Very interesting. Ah! <laughs> I really enjoyed the film. It, it was a complete nostalgia kick for me. It was. It's a good movie. It's a good wholesome movie. It's fun. It's not overly violent. I'm uh, glad we had this. It was a good palate cleanser. Yeah. Yes, I, I agree. Yeah. I uh, I would give this movie um, out of the ten souls that went out uh, from from the uh, the dining area from the underdark from the underdark. <laughs> two of them should have not should not have died needlessly for some people, and two were sacrificed. So I would give it an eight out of ten. That this movie should get of surviving souls because there is some things that kind of bring it back down, but in a weird way, the slow pacing I actually really enjoyed it. I actually really enjoyed it even more on the second time. I did too. Just mm-hmm. absorbing these conversations with these people that are having real emotions during a time of crisis, but having very substantial dialogue. And it's not just throwaway characters, these people you care about and things that you care about in their lives. Really well done. And everything's upside down. And they played such attention to detail to it. Them clamoring over the ceiling Mm -hmm. parts and going up the stairs, you know, where it's just the ramp from the the stairs below. Going wonky with the camera like you're actually on the ship and you're, you know, being there with them with the waves tossing so if if you've never seen the poseidon adventure uh it's on i think amazon stars right it's stars yeah but or spend the money to rent it it is you i think it's well worth it i think you enjoy it. it yeah yeah so thank you guys all so much for uh tuning in uh we are here every other wednesday uh with a movie of uh a grab bag choice that we have chosen. Tune in next week. We have well, two weeks from now. Two weeks from now. My choice through urban fantasy. Urban fantasy. Urban fantasy. I like it. Major Tom. Okay. Okay. But yeah, urban fantasy in two weeks, and in a month's time, it goes back to Jack. And I believe we'll be having. What I gotta having? go with epic it? western because okay, I yeah. gotta save my other one for the uh, the, the October, the autumn season, as, mm. as close as he can get. Yeah, yeah. All right, cool. Epic western, excited, excited. Mm. So yeah, which uh, I'm in the process of watching epic westerns. If there is a viewer out there who has a suggestion, please let me know, and I will gladly give it a try. Yeah, because there are so many out there and it's hard to sort of find your way through, you know, mm-hmm. a 30, 40 years of American cinematography of Westerns. So. And where can they reach you at? They can hit me at at just real feels. That's G-I-U-S-T real feels and and let me know. Or Drew, they can always hit us up. They can always hit us up on our, on our normal Twitter Real feel at Real Feels Pod. You can send us an email at realfeelspodcast at gmail.com. Hit us up on Facebook, on Instagram. Same thing. If you guys want to get in contact with us. And you Nathan's reach, on Twitter. Yeah, well, reach out to me. I'm at Nato Rar uh, on Twitter. And uh, until next time, everyone, you're the realist. And the feelist. Goddamn son of a bitch! <laughs> you killed her! You killed her! <laughs> Give him this, it's the sign for life! (laughs) (laughs) If we can hold on through the night, we have a chance to find the sunshine.
Let's keep on looking for